Hey guys, today we're pushing out a podcast that we recorded quite a while ago, in fact, about a year ago, um, but we still think it's relevant and interesting, so here it is. Note that going forward, we're aiming to push out a podcast once a week, every Wednesday morning, so we hope we stick to this schedule and we hope that you enjoy it. So topic today very interesting. Um, I know you. St- it kind of started out when you. Um, I know you, you remember when you sent around the WhatsApp article. Um, um, I think it was was it Facebook slash WhatsApp and WhatsApp payments was going into. Me- was it? Did it go into Mexico or something or Brazil? And then they kind of said no, like just no. Yes. So WhatsApp was trying to trial its payments solution yeah and it seems as though they just waltzed into brazil <laughs> and just decided to launch it thinking that the government wouldn't have anything to say about potentially billions of you know dollars of uh, payments just being diverted from the formal financial system and it yeah, turns out yeah. the government uh had a few views on on that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like you just you know there's this there's this conduit, this huge conduit that just just like letting out lots and lots of water, and somebody just comes and goes, hey, that that's quite cool. Why don't I just like get this diversion conduit and put it like not all of it, just like cover half of it for now, yeah. and exactly. then just redirect the water to a different place, and it's like right, no, exactly, <laughs> and and yeah, it turns out they they had a few, they had some views. Um, and, and that got us thinking, you know, what it's, it's easy in theory to roll out a payments infrastructure. If you've already got everybody using the service in theory, you say, okay, cool. So just turn on the service then, but there's all sorts of obviously political and regulatory. And as we've seen recently with TikTok, geopolitical, Mm obstacles and, and hurdles that come into rolling out such a, a, a technology-enabled service that is so core to the economic infrastructure of an entire region, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't even say the economic infrastructure. I would just say, generally speaking, the infrastructure, um, you know, uh, um, and, and also, I mean, it's funny because obviously, obviously WhatsApp's owned by Facebook, but Facebook also just unilaterally announced Libra. Um, that was what, is that 18 months ago or or something like that? Said, yeah, or two, maybe even two years ago, I'm not sure. And then said, hey, yeah, we're going to do Libra. Libra's coming out and thinking. And I remember the first thing, speaking to somebody in the office, I just said, um, if you think, like, if you want something to have nightmares over, or if you think, I think at that time, they were talking about something like Brexit. And I was like, if you think that's scary, look at Facebook Libra. Um, like, it's it's literally something to it's it's like end time stuff 
basically. You know, no, I mean, literally, they, they basically said, we can, um, you know, we have the, the, the kind of the computing power to compute far more blockchain transactions or crypto transactions than, than you know, like a lot of the other kind of cryptos you see, you've seen. We're, we're going to set up this kind of Spectre-esque um, consortium in Switzerland, um, which the largest tech company to pay 10 million, no, was it? Yeah, 10 million quid to join. Um, and they were going to get a hundred of them to set to, to pay that. You know, a lot of people had already done it. Visa, Spotify, etc. And then that was going to be the you know independent of Facebook, right? Independent kind of new global central bank or something, right? But they were also going to use that cash to make these ridiculous deals um, to just go, hey, if you like pay if you pay for this item using cash or you know fiat currency it'll cost you x but if you pay for it using facebook libra it will cost you maybe 0.5 or 0.7 x or something um and yeah there's two billion people plus using the service it just sounds like the it sounded like the end of the end of money as we know it right and and, and everything that comes comes with it um so, so well, yeah yeah this is getting a little philosophical now but only if you <laughs> only if you see if you forget that this current form of money <clears throat> displaced the previous form of money, which ended. Yeah. Okay, right. fine. The end um, of the current fiat, the yeah. current, the current era, era's fiat currency, basically. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, human beings are notoriously bad at contact, historical context. I think we are, you know, like mm. everybody, because we only live about a hundred years, let's say if you're lucky, right? So then, yeah. everything happening during that time feels like the and it is to be fair the most current and and um, you know scary. Uh, this mm. is this is unprecedented. But actually, if you look yeah, back, it's been there before. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when people formed OPEC with the oil and gas, yeah, was like, yeah. I can't believe it. There's just like cartel in the '60s and then Baghdad and they're controlling the price of oil, and it was true. Yeah. There you go. Life continues. It is what it is. But um. But anyway, yeah. But I think yeah. that's what got that's what got us thinking about. Hmm. What about Africa and um, how WhatsApp payments might be rolled out in Africa and across Africa, and mm. whether you know what challenges they would have. Like, what would the adoption rates be? What would the different um, governments uh, think of it? And to the extent mm -hmm. that they just said, look, to the extent that they reject it, what does that mean for the region? And then that's what got us talking about today's topic, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think, you know, because of my, um, because of my recent, um, you know, ugh, kind of escapade once again into, into coding. So we've been, I've been doing that personally for a client as of late, because of that recent escapade, I, I it kind of, got me because I was building something on, you know, we'll kind of send up our usual config on Google Cloud Platform, Kubernetes engine, et cetera, Google Kubernetes engine, et cetera. And, you know, when you think about um, a couple of things, one, the the pure sophistication of um, the, the the software we use nowadays, you know, so let's think of Netflix, for example, you know, there's this, there's this video on YouTube that talks about how, Netflix stays up. And I think Netflix uses, I think they use Google. They may use AWS. 
I'm not too sure, but essentially they use, without getting too technical, they use some kind of like kind of container, kind of Docker container system, and they've got microservices in the cloud, right? So I think this this video spoke about how you can have like 10,000 essentially different machines running the same code in the cloud, and they're kind of orchestrated. So if you think of Kubernetes and, and, and things like that, it's like an orchestrator that enables you to put up all these different essentially instances or running applications in the in the cloud in different regions so that you have what you experience with Netflix, which is, you know, pretty much zero downtime. Um, you know, you're streaming 4K or just HD stuff anywhere in the world. As long as your internet connection is true, you're going to be able to find that 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 video and 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 download it. Um, and stream it, not even download it, stream it, right? Um, and it got me thinking, you know, I mean, I'd seen some other things as well. We'll, we'll talk talk through, uh, you know, even like the defense, how technologically savvy defense is now, you know, uh, uh, um, only a certain number of people in the world can make fighter jets. Um, and therefore, when you sell somebody fighter jets, it's kind of like there's a service and a quid, you know, kind of a kind of contract between that, you know, um, as well as everyone being on AWS. It got me thinking like, you know, there seems to be this, this I, I don't want to call it clandestine, but this kind of, you know, everyone's getting quite excited about tech and we, we built this app and that app, et cetera. But um, as we've seen with Huawei and 5G um, and, and, and the US's and then following the UK's reluctance to allow Huawei to, you know, essentially own and run the 5G infrastructure as well as TikTok, there is clearly some some technological protectionism happening here. And the question is, um, is China and US just like well ahead of everyone else? Um, and are we just building these nice pretty apps on their infrastructure? Um, and in doing so, while they're building really serious, really, really serious tech and data science and otherwise, um, are they just building this lead that will to something you know is that it's increasingly become insurmountable and and actually is going to become the foundation if it's not already the foundation of pretty much almost everything we do in modern in the modern world in modern life does that make sense yes <laughs> <laughs> that's good good short podcast today um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we both agree, and that's it. All right, shake hands and leave. Cool. Um, yeah, I think I don't think that's new. I think uh, it's, but it has new implications. Yeah, I think that unfortunately, and for various reasons that are outside the scope of this particular podcast, but I think, um, yeah, we've always been building so-called apps of other people's yeah. backbone infrastructure yeah um and um you know just as we and and the issue we have here is tech for techs we we're most countries in africa probably all countries in africa are not in the economic position to do tech for tech sake that's what the, that's mm -hmm. arg argument, right? Yeah. They yeah. just, there's not, there's not the surplus funding and investment and ability to fail multiple times and so mm. safe, social safety net 
to do yeah, technology yeah. for technology's sake and still live a okay life, right? Yeah. That is the case. You, whereas in the US, you can do technology for technology's sake. There's someone who will just pay you to go think and do clever stuff at, a, at scale, right? And mm -hmm. build things. Um, and the, the, so, so, so on one hand, you could say, you know, we're running ourselves into a real problem here because we, if we don't start to get to do deeper technology, to develop deeper mm. technology capabilities, we will forever be relegated to building on top of other people's infrastructure. And therefore we'll always be subjugated to whoever owns that infrastructure. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, I think that is, that's a fair point, right? Yeah. It's a very difficult argument to make to a policymaker if you're making it to the policymaker when mm -hmm. they're also just trying to take care of literal bread and butter issues, right? So, <laughs> yeah. so how do you, how do you square that circle is one thing. Now, maybe it's not for the policymaker. Maybe that's not, mm. maybe that's not the, maybe the policymaker should say, listen, we're interested in technology only insofar as it can fix these seven problems. And mm. maybe that is, maybe that it may be that's appropriate. Maybe then it falls to the us us innovate us African private citizens and pri and private um, technologists and entrepreneurs and engineers etc and business people. Maybe it falls to us to try and do the deep, deep tech and figure out innovate around the funding problem. <laughs> um, but but let's be honest, the U.S. most of its major technological leaps were government backed, right? NASA. The space program was the 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 father of many. I th I think many mm. many of the technological advances the U.S. has had is because the government spent shed loads of money on some huge yeah. dream program, and then accidentally other things spawned from that and created this momentum. Things. Yeah, mm. and so so are we saying we're the only region that's trying? To, same in China, right? In different ways. Yeah. The government yeah. put massive amounts of money, yeah. just untold amounts of money behind it. So are yeah. we trying to be? The, uh, so it, are we just? Are we are we trying to be the only region that does it without like cohesive and massive government support? Fine, we can try, but it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean. Fair point. And again, let me be really clear: um, the only two countries really that are in this race, and they know who they are. It's it's US, China, right? China's mm -hmm. basically um, they've had their their years of of kind of ripping stuff off. Um, but you know they've learned quickly and they've learned effectively and efficiently and i mean we can even say now right i mean i mean apple fine apple is is technologically really savvy i mean it's not i wouldn't call it one of those companies i mean in hardware it's one of those companies that you're struggling to to compete with but you know if we think about on the software layer and the, and the, and the back you know that infrastructure level layer that backbone probably not but still you know you do have for example, you know, pretty much only China can can manufacture um, things on that scale for Apple, right? And 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 but also, but do you not? Sorry, okay, go ahead, go on. No, but I was going to say, do you not going back to your thing? Because almost it's like it's like how do we let's not say get out of this, but how do we grow understanding this, right? Do you not think there is edu education has a huge part to play? you know, um, investments in academia, you know, those are where you can have some of those moonshot projects because it's not always DARPA or or, or, or NASA or, or, or someone who's going to be pushing pushing cash out. And some of those things, some of those things are going to come out of 
the university domain and then somebody go, hey, you know, that looks interesting. Here's a billion, right? Do you not think education has a huge thing to play? And um, yeah. Yeah, so of course it must do, right? But but then here's the interesting part about that is what do we mean when we say education? Mm. And how does that, how do we roll that out? Because we all, again, we have to innovate not just around the technological product and process, but around the whole ecosystem. You know, mm. chi China and the US, for example, I would be willing to wager invested huge amounts oh, of yeah. money yeah. into yeah. their yeah. primary and then secondary and then tertiary education programs, right? So they had a certain base, right? Mm. And then and then they started to steer those that base towards solving certain issues, right? But you just needed this huge, you needed like a very deep bench <laughs> yeah. of educational capacity, um, you know, uh, to back up your starting five on the court that were actually literally taking shots at the basket and sinking them. And yeah. I fear that, you know, what, yes, I think you're right. Now, now, how do you implement this education? Because one way to do it is, okay, let's accept that we need a deeper bench. We need our primary mm. education to be orders of magnitude better than what it is now. We need our yeah. secondary education to be orders of magnitude than what it is now. And then we need, and then the tertiary education institutions need to become cleverer about how they're teaching and what they're teaching, right? Um, that's going to be gen multi-generational project, fine. But mm. in the meantime, we do have plenty of incredibly, incredibly smart, talented, you know, people who can run with anybody in the world in our region. Mm, they just, they're at, a, a, and some of them are in our region. A lot of them mm. are at Imperial and Oxford and Harvard and whatnot. But anyway, mm. so, so the point is, do we, do we, do we focus on where our current educational capability is and point it at in a different way mm. and then, tr and then try to make, technological bounds that, that way. So for instance, do we just say, here's an agenda for the top African academics and technologists who are currently, and, and here's an investment for them as long as they steer it in this particular direction, right? And then mm. we can get a quick win, maybe. Or yeah. do we have to look at the deeper problem and say this is going to be a multi-generational project or do we b do both of those things so i, I guess my quit my, my answer to that is for sure i think education is going to be it, it, it has to be part of the answer right we need a deeper bench uh, of um adequately trained we've got all the talent in the world we need a deeper bench of adequately trained people to shape that talent and mold it and point it in a direction uh, do we focus on those who the, the elite capability now, or do we focus on building a deeper reservoir of capability, which is going to take a very long time, or do we try and do some amalgamation of those things? Hmm. I think, I guess, I guess, so all, all well and said, I guess my frustration at times, and this is also a frustration with, I would say with the UK, I'd say, right? Um, so <clears throat> my frustration with, 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 with education and uh, with some of the kind of policy around education, again, British government, Woody government, probably the US, I don't know enough about the US, but 
there seems to be this thing, you know, I don't know if you've heard these things like, you know, let's get kids coding, right? Or let's, you know, oh, look, you're touching a, what do you call it? Like, I've always had these at dinner parties and otherwise. I've just said, I think it's, I don't think it's the dumbest thing ever. I just think it's not very smart, right? Now, you say, you know, so here, here's my thinking, right? Um, there's a lot of people in the world nowadays, a lot of people in different spaces who code. There's not a lot of actual people who are, there's not a lot of people who know the mathematics. And I've said this to you before, who know the mathematics, the science behind coding, right? Because coding, you can push data around, which is what most applications do. You can arc or because if you step, you know, but take a step, take a level up, you can start to architect the database, so to speak, or, or the, what the data is. You move it into maybe just normal uh, data architecture towards data science, or you can start to, you know, later on, you can start to do all the fun stuff that people do in these very large companies that we're talking about. You know, I'd love to actually do a shout out to Palantir as well, which is a really interesting company, which I think is one of those companies that we don't know a lot of, but is um, genuinely, there's going to be things coming out of that that that, that, that are going to be shape the infrastructure and back and, and backbone of of um, of kind of the future of technology. But that next level is building algorithms, playing with algorithms, trying to go, all right, well, let me model certain parts of reality, build data around that, build, use computing power to push stuff around that. Now, that later stuff is maths, right? And, and one of the things that, that's going on in the UK is there's this kind of, I don't really like maths. Oh, okay, I can get, a, I can get, a, get, a, get around it by essentially doing app design, right? An app designer will never, unless he or she transcends pure normal app design, an app designer is never really going to be able to compete on the technological level, which is the mathematical and you know the mathematical and computer scientific level of your very very good Google, Facebook, you know, fill in the gaps engineer. Now, I think we've got the mathematicians more so in 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 Africa than. Um, you know, especially if you talk about like Nigeria, more so in Nigeria, I would say, than in the UK, than the, than the average, mm -hmm. you know, Brit, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the second, but you know, the issue is we've got rote learning, right? Which, to be fair, in certain degrees, I don't ha have no issue with, but then it's the application of that rote learning. I think that's where China has been, because China still does rote learning, India does rote learning. Right in IIT, they do rote learning, but they, you know, whether they go to the states or somewhere else after, they then land that rote learning into something. And I mean, look at the, look at the heads of the of of the biggest tech companies now. Um, mm -hmm. You've got um, Sundar Pichai for Google. Mm -hmm. Microsoft um, is 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 an Indian chap. I think some of them are IIT or IIM, in, um, Indian Institute of Technology, Indian Institute of Management. That's mm -hmm. a huge amount of knowledge. That they're going to take to India, you know, to wherever else, etc. But, but I mean, it's as you said, it's there. But it's 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 what are we, you know, it's understanding. And I guess you know, landing on my point, we're we're so enamored and we're so interested and piqued by somebody built an app. But actually, I don't want to say anyone can build an app, but like just to build an app 
if we focus in on just building apps, just building these things, because obviously there's lots of challenges on the continent, we can just build those. We focus in on that and we get excited about maybe just even just investment growing in that area. And, oh, look, there's another app here, another app here. Essentially, all those apps are going to be built on AWS. If, you know, they're all, you know, uh, and, and they're all going to be built, as you said, on on on, um, on the infrastructure and, and on the wings of far more technologically savvy and superior um, products. And yeah, I guess, I guess my thing is, do we, you know, are we overly, are we, are we kind of being blinkered by the tech app tech boom in Africa? Do we also need to look a level down or am I just, should I just be patient? Mm. Mm, I have two minds. Of two minds, mm. you raised some intriguing questions. Um, on one hand, yeah, I'd love for us to own our own infrastructure and get deeper into what we're trying to do. But if you look at how have other regions done it, um, mm. I think they've played to their strengths initially and then they've tried to vertically integrate. And so China played to its strengths and was able to copy quickly. Mm. Now they don't do that anymore, by the way, China's out filing the US in patents, I think, I believe, at the moment. So okay, I, yeah. think, I think there's a narrative wow. about China now that is a bit dated. But yeah, so I, I think they started off saying, yeah, we're just going to do copycat stuff. And there's still extensive that going, there's still a lot of things that are going on. But actually, there's there's more innovation going on in China now. And I think people give it credit for. Mm. Um, India, I think, has possibly done the same thing, right? They started off as just this, you know, services. Um, you know, we'll build X for X for Uber for X. Um, mm. But I think, I suspect, or I wouldn't be surprised, you know, now you're starting to see more Indian data center companies and doing backbone infrastructure. And I wouldn't be surprised mm. if on the on also on the uh, network infrastructure side, if they start, if they've already started getting, you know, more, you know, much deeper and yeah, um, and starting to do that, but I think you got to start from somewhere. Now, note we're comparing our whole region to specific countries. Countries, yeah. And so there are countries in our region in Africa that should probably be thinking more along the lines of what you're talking about here, which is, mm. and I think there there is some of that going on. Um, you know, let's not forget Ubuntu and Linux was 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 founded by a young oh, South African, African kid. Guy. Mm. Mark Shuttleworth and and you know it was sold of course immediately sold to a U.S. Uh, company yeah, which is fine, which made which is very fine. wealthy. Uh, it's fine, but the point is, I guess you know that's no that's now not an African infrastructure, so it's not solving the yeah. pro- not solving the problem that you're raising, which is with you know now you know it's it's an export, <laughs> at yeah, best, which you know so 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 yeah, it's a good it's a it's a really good point. Should we be should we be I think that the answer is this. We need to be doing both of these things. And we've taken our eye off the ball because everyone's obsessed with what can we're we're we're, we're trying to reach and achieve KPIs that have, we have not set for ourselves in terms of this tech journey. And I think you're right in saying, hang on, 
what do we want to do with this technology? Mm. And yes, let's look at what we can, how we can benefit immediately. Yeah. In the next five years. Yeah. But let's also think about the next 20 years and what we need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. And let's try and strike a balance approach. And at the moment that approach isn't balanced because it's all quite short termist. It's that's, yeah. you know, build some consumer facing thing, uh, yeah. whether it's an app or whatever it is. And that's it. And you're right. If we focus all our attention and resources and talent on these consumer facing apps, we're just going to make the platforms which are foreign much, much stronger. And also yeah. we're going to yeah. rob ourselves of the ability to point all of these bright minds and talent towards much deeper, more longer lasting, and ultimately far more beneficial problems. Mm, yeah, because because it's, it's, it's good, right? I mean, obviously, we clearly, uh, just make sure it's said, you know, this ecosystem needs to be filled with, you know, a variety of, of, you know, obviously you still need these apps because there are apps that are solving legitimate problems, right? And like there's an app that can be built in in the US that is, you know, in essence, not very much needed, but built and and, and applied in, in, you know, in Zimbabwe or something could be, could literally be something that is, I will, let me not say, you know, well, it could be something that is transformational, right? In terms of taking something from, analog or manual to digital right but um yeah so so we're definitely not not calling for that but i guess it's it's just that thing where i i tend to feel that we need to do things faster it's kind of like what you said about uh china and i would include japan and south korea in that because obviously japan was like completely decimated by the end of world war ii right and was getting you know what was being looked after so to speak was was you know was getting foreign aid but then it just realized we need to move faster. There's, you know, Japan could have stayed there and said, hey, you know what? If we built just, you know, the things we see around us, as i.e. in maybe the Western world, we could, um, you know, as individuals, we could make a lot of money uh, because we just, you know, take the products, you know, move them over to Japan. And now look, here's a bread making machine. Here's an XYZ. But something inside them told them, we need to do, yes, we need to do that. But after maybe this is what you're talking about, it's that cohesive effort, right? We're talking about a continent versus a country. And that cohesion that again goes, okay, we need to do that. But we also need to do this, which is the future, future uh, oriented stuff. Because, I mean, right now we're, I would say we're still very, very behind with these apps on UI UX. We're extremely behind, right? And it's, mostly the Y Combinator companies or the Western back companies that are actually influencing a lot of the entrepreneurs to build good UI UX and brands and what have you. So we're really behind there. We need to like hurry up on that. Cause that's like, you know, if, if we're at stage 0 0.1, that's like, you know, stage 0.5, right. But we need to get to stage 10 quickly. So it's that thing of urgency and, and yes, there's lots you can make a lot of money. I always say this, it's, it's probably too easy maybe to make money in on the continent. And that's maybe what how it was in Japan. I don't know, after, you know, in the fifties and what have you. Maybe it was too easy. But we need to get that vision 
right, in the private sector, in the public sector to go, hey, you know what, we can't live on AWS forever. We can't live on things. Because if not, all this stuff about the, the demographic boom, demographic dividend, it's going to essentially go in pennies on the pound to different regions, right? FYI, TikTok signed a deal with Google. Um, I shared that thing with you. They signed a deal with Google Cloud for 800 million, to pay them 800 million over three years. All of that is because TikTok's built on Google Cloud, right? Imagine, right? Yeah, and you can imagine what what other people have paid them. I um, there was there was an article I found somewhere where it's like, I think somebody else paid them like a crazy amount. What was that? Uh, there was somebody else who paid them really, really crazy amount. Um, yeah, Snapchat signed a $2 billion deal, right, for five years worth of worth of cloud services, right, in 2017. And it's, just imagine when China, because they will, when they say, hey, this is fun, Google Cloud, let's build our own, right, or let's build our own AWS. And then that money starts to go there. And then afterwards, we in Nigeria start to say, hey, am I going to use AWS or am I going to use whatever China's cloud is, right? And we're essentially just paying pennies on the pound over and over and over again. Um, so, so so for me, it's 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 very worrying. It's very worrying. Here's a question, though. Mm. <clears throat> Is that, should we be comparing ourselves to literally the top two technological powers? And yes and no. Is there a risk? Okay. Is it is there a risk? Because uh, those countries took ages to get to where they're at now, right? Ages of sustained. Well, not ages, but I mean, China. China was was they they were starving in the streets in the seventies, right? And Japan as well. Japan. Look, I mean. Essentially, we're talking about what we're talking about here. When you're talking about ages, forget okay. about America. The U.S. Talk about 50, me, let's, 50 let's, years, 40 years. Yeah. Okay, fine. So 50, 40 years, uh, 40, 50 years of um, cohesive government in some way, right? And cohesive policy making, at least generally speaking, yeah. as far yeah. as these things yeah. go. Definitely in China, um, Japan, obviously not as cohesive because yeah. it's not state capitalism yet. No, but I mean, even the U.S. has had a cohesive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Policy making environment. I mean, it doesn't seem that way now, but it, generally speaking, actually, it's, mm, it's, it's yeah. You know, it's 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 cohesive in relative terms. You know, yeah. Um, so the, you know, the, technology, te advancement, investment in technology is has has. I'm talking about from an investment in technology and technology yeah. policy standpoint, they've been cohesive, regardless yeah, of. Yeah vagaries of u.s politics there's been a generally yeah, yeah. Of like we should invest in this area it's important let's invest right up the supply chain from primary school to mit mm. to palantir or whatever right yeah so so that is what i mean is i'm not just talking about independence or stability in a country i mean how long have they taken this issue seriously <laughs> um and then and then and then created a stable environment and there's certain countries in our region that have and africa that that are are, are, have set themselves along that path, right? Watch mm. it. Look at what um, if in a world where it, it look put it this way, if Rwanda continues along its trajectory now, uh, I'd love yeah. to see what what it looked like in thirty years time from a technology standpoint. I'd love yeah. to see what that looks like, right? Yeah. Um, for instance, 
mm. I, I think if if the trajectory were to remain the same, and let's say whoever was in charge, it just they, there was the same amount of seriousness of intent, cohesive policy environment, steady investment, and mm. ena enabling environment for technology. Um, I it I think it would be incredible where that where where Rwanda would be um, and what it would be able to create in a thirty or forty year time frame, right? Mm. We rarely get those opportunities, unfortunately, in our in, in the specific countries in our continent to have that, and I think that's all it would almost take, you know. Um, mm. So I, yeah, I do. Part of me is saying so. Then, therefore, in the absence of that, is there a different model we can look at that's more relevant to us than China or US? That is that can get us to this next immediate stage, you know. Um, I, I think it, 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 I, what I don't want to do hmm. is try and do three sixty dunks before we can do left hand layups because <laughs> we're not um, going to be good at either of them. You've got, yeah, 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 yeah. And your, 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 not just your ankles, your knees are going to go all over the shop. <laughs> you know, um, trying to trying to dunk on twigs before you build build up the muscle. Um, I see what you're saying. I guess. Look, I mean, w w we're talking about technologically speaking, right? We're, we're we're talking about unprecedented achievements right now obviously technology is you know because a knife is technology you know a flint to make fire is technology so let's not think that technology is only stuff that's code or whatever you know anything's technology but i mean you know the 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 pace and the rate of growth um the literally exponential increase in computational power and what have you um it's it's you know i i personally think you know somebody else can maybe tell me otherwise it's unprecedented you know, technological growth that we've had in the last 50 years, something like that, right? So it's tough to look at, you know, some other example or otherwise. But I guess what I would point to, you know, I look, love, you know, love what's going on in Rwanda. I've loved, you know, what's been going on there for, for, for a, you know, for a long time. Just that, you know, that you know how quickly you can you can you can open a company you know start a company all the you know subsidies people are willing to give you if you know calm thing the mercy kagame generation yada 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 right but if you think about it right um i well to be fair that was a long time ago but but you know what well, you know i guess the thing is what what tells me that there's a lot of, and maybe that's because of education or otherwise, but what tells me that there's a lot of private sector-led stuff happening in the US and also in uh, you know large swathes of Africa is the fact that when there was, I mean, <clears throat> if you think of that that initial discretionary hearing or that, that initial hearing in the US uh, where they were kind of speaking to Facebook this was how many years ago. Um, and you could see that the people who were interviewing Mark Zuckerberg and other people had no idea of Facebook's model. Like these are senators and other people. Like, they had no like they had no idea how they make money. Somebody actually asked the question, so how do you make money? Um, obviously, since when they've kind of done these kind of anti antitrust stuff with both Apple, Amazon, et cetera, you know, people it looks like they they've been asking the right questions and they seem to understand the model a lot more. And somebody intervened for Libra, but what it's saying is 
there's there's always been this chicken and egg in in any society it's it's not just the government that says oh i've got a dream and pushes something because sometimes the government may not be there or the government may not have cohesion right um or the government may not even see you know it's a completely not completely but there are different mindsets in you know the public sector and the private sector right i, I feel like there needs to be this which has been happening on the continent this push by the private sector and then afterwards the public sector goes oh this is interesting and then yeah, policies the, up and does what have you but the private mm. sector is short-termist and at once that's why you get apps well, well yeah but then afterwards i guess point. if the private sector is being that reading it it's going to be short-termist yeah. then you're going to get another app if you want so, deep tech which is only going to pay off in 20 years this government is going to do that well the thing is but somebody needs to show so in terms of yeah the government can definitely put lots of cash behind something but somebody needs to show the government the potential right that's always been the case somebody needs to go hey look at this you know let's be stereotypical bureaucrat in you know whatever government location yeah exactly right <laughs> this is awesome and you need to put something behind this and then people can go, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's going to be maybe somebody who goes, hey, this is interesting. Give him, he wants X, give him 0.5 X. You know, he or she takes that. But but, but there is a short-termism on both sides here. That's yeah. what, I, you know, I get trying to but think. Trying to think. One is driven by profit. One is driven by actual difficulties as well sometimes, right? Let's give our mm -hmm. governments a little bit of credit. Like, it's actually yeah, quite a yeah, difficult job that they're trying to do, right? Yeah. So the, the average policymaker in Africa has... They're, the average line minister, right? You, you, yes, you're a minister of energy. It means you're trying to you're trying to solve this electricity deficit. You've got yeah. very little budget. You also have a technological a, t a technical capacity issue. At the same time, you're being told to to solve fourteen other issues around it. Yeah. Right? And 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 by the way, you've got four years, right, until the yeah. next elections. So do you have time to think super far and, and, and maybe, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, politicians and there's no politician really in the UK, whether in the US, whether you're in any African country, you, these guys are trying to stay in situ. Stay in, yeah, yeah. And it's difficult. So now, so what does that mean? Right? I guess what I'm saying is it doesn't mean that we should as a private sector should just sit, fold their hands and wait for governments to do something clever. Um, you're absolutely right. I think you're right that it's important for somebody in our region to take the lead on starting to invest in our own network and other technological infrastructure, as opposed mm. to just building on top of others. I'm sure we can find a way that we recognize our governments are hamstrung for various reasons, for mm. the most part. There must be a way, therefore, for the private sector to find and structure an incentive which works commercially to make those investments which, which other countries that are leading this outside of Africa have taken decades to build. We don't have decades, so we need yeah. to try and do it quicker. And so we have to, again, innovate, not just around the technology, we've got to innovate around the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and remember, and remember, we're in a really, we got to think about this, we're in a really blessed situation, right? Because, I mean, almost like India, you know, let, let, let me liken us to India and China, actually, for, for, for a minute, right? Um, we, you know, 
where are um you know let me speak for nigeria in particular where are universities may may fall down with regards with regards to research and development budget research and development equipment etc you know when i was over there at imperial the master students who were coming in were iranians were chinese were nigerians right and they came in and they are technically right by the book technically excellent and yeah. it, this it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a oh, okay just just want, no they're all over the shop they're in oxbridge they're in harvard i mean you, you you look at you look at i think gigster's a really interesting company where you've mm -hmm. got you know i don't know if i've told you about it you know company that um essentially enables you where you want to go and build an app you you it's completely you know algorithmically based right you go to onto the website i want to build an app it break it asks you these questions to break the thing down breaks everything down without human intervention and it says it will cost you this amount does the architecture chops it up and then gives it out to its swarm of people that are you know computer scientists in you know various wow. generic good university cto of that is a nigerian guy mm -hmm. right the number of ctos you can find not not ceos because oh yeah you know nigerians are tech savvy CTOs, chief technical officers doing the code that of Nigerian or other descent that you will see in Silicon Valley and various places like that are alarming, right? But we have an advantage, let me just say this point. Um, I've spoken to people in the UK and in, in certain spheres and circles. Their issue is there is there's not enough people who are who want to do maths, physics, etc. Everyone wants to do, you know a humanities or something else or, or something, you know, because I'm not good at numbers, so I don't do maths, right? Um, and one way of getting people into that is, again, saying, hey, look, here's a coding skill uh, course. But we have, just like India, just like China, we have the the people who, who still value those traditional subjects. So there's something, we have something there, right? Um, and we're showing this as you see people abroad doing really well. And yeah, I'm not going to go into the whole brain drain stuff, but uh, yeah, I just it's 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 the vision. It's the vision, and it's the local vision. And somebody needs to kick something off. And look, the narrative tells itself. We can see all the technology that's going. Anyone, whether even if somebody's 90, they can see that there's some tech savvy things going on here. Um, but we do need, just like in Rwanda. Um, which you know we're, we're kind of waxing lyrical about today, the government would still say, build something first and we'll give you subsidies, right? They're not going to say, here's the cash and do whatever. Build, start something and we'll give you subsidies. Get better at it, then we'll give you cash. We'll allocate something to you, right? But that's not, that's not happening. Yeah, I don't think anyone could... I don't think anyone would be surprised, or at least anyone who's been who's lived in Af an African country would be surprised to know that we've got like talent in abundance. Right? I'm not just trying to be yeah. like, you know, a sugary sweet Afro optimist <laughs> or whatever. Like, it's genuinely, patently, is the case, right? Like, there's yeah. pe brilliant people, um, and and like you said, you know, people who can because and you see them when you unfortunately when you take somebody out of a very difficult environment. Let's say, for instance, in certain parts of Nigeria, they're brilliant. Mm. They're from the north of Nigeria. I don't know, they're from, mm. or, or they're from wherever, right? But then mm. from like a village, then they manage to get to university in Lagos. Then mm. 
they they score Dumb all hundreds, score yeah. all, all hundreds, um, get some scholarship, end up in the states at some like JUCO junior junior college, mm. and then people in the states are like, bloody hell, who are you? You're brilliant, <laughs> and then like, why aren't you at MIT? And then end up at MIT, and then end up at the head of some gigster or whatever it is. Right? Like, yeah. and that happens so often now at this point. Um, that you we know there's tremendous amount there's tremendous talents right like there's tremendous talent um but but the issue is it's it's a shame because when you see the fact that it's a it's a gift and a curse it's like when, when you see a nigerian expat in the u.s that uh i've started calling african immigrants expats by the way nice so, i like it yeah. i like it i and like so it when you see a nigerian expat in the u.s um at the top of one of these really successful organizations you're like all they needed all they needed was a decent like a, a, a an environment that was reasonable not even mm. good just a reasonable environment right yeah so so, yeah. so that's why I keep, I keep coming back to the policy and enabling environment question fine mm. there's certain things we can do about that there's certain things we mm. can't so let's let's um let's do make do with what we have right and so okay. what we have is an imperfect enabling environment in our region so what mm. do we do in that context to try and broaden the spectrum of technological problems that we are trying to solve? And how do we make sure that more of our expertise, capital, and general attention mm is not just going to the next consumer facing app, which has shadow technology built upon someone else's infrastructure. Go question. Well, look, I tell you this again, not that it's, you know, we've spoken a lot about the government here, but what we, who we haven't really brought and we've spoken about obviously the actual entrepreneurs, but we haven't actually, I know you touched upon it, but we haven't really, um rebuked maybe the investors right um now mm -hmm. again not that it's a particular good model to follow um due to you know what's kind of well how it's fared thus far it's not i'm sure it's not finished but if we look at the um if we look at softbank um and we look at softbank's vision fund now obviously look 100 billion or 97 billion how much is raised is, is, is a lot of cash right but he's notorious um, or known for saying to people when they say, hey, I'd like to invest, you know, can you invest, I don't know, like even before the Vision Fund, hey, uh, I need an investment of like 10 mil, right, for this thing. He would kind of go think bigger, think, you know, let's think further, think bigger, think. And obviously a lot of this stuff has come off of the back of his investment in, as well as SoftBank, whatever, but his investment in in Jack Ma um, in the early days and and that successful investment in, um, in Alibaba. But, you know, do we have too many people who want to raise a $5 million fund um, in order to invest in some some tech company that has already got proven revenues and an MVP, however poor, um, you know, seems to be taking, uh, you know, taking some numbers or getting some numbers in, um, you know, should a Dan Gote be saying, hey, you know what, here's my crazy wild fund, right? And I don't know, it's, Look, even to be honest, even if it's like 20 mil, right? My crazy fund, literally, 
you know, we want ideas, you know, other people can fund these other ideas, but we want ideas that are future focused, whatever, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like, do we have an enabling investment environment? There's my question to you. That's the horrible example. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying because it's crazy, you know, it's it's huge, right? I mean, it's, it's, Vision but, but like, it's terrible. go no, big, it's literally go big or go home, right? I mean, look, it's, fine. A, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, no, I, I'm, I'm being facetious. It's a, I know, it's, I know. it's a, it's actually a, a perfect example because it makes the, it, it forces me to comment on the, on the point you're making. Um, what I mean is a, it's a horrible, uh, example to try and emulate for our region. Um, I, I, I don't think that I, here's the thing. This is, this comes back to my point. Is there a better model to, to, to emulate or at least learn from than Japan, which is one of the biggest economies in the world. Yeah. It literally has almost negative interest rates. So you, you, you need to spend the money somehow because it's got an aging population and the infrastructure is not, you know, it's just, it, it's, they're like, if I put my money in the bank, I'm almost going to now start paying the bank yeah. to keep my money in it. Yeah. So therefore very different approach, right? So it kind of makes a bit more sense that you're saying, okay, well, mm. let's, it makes a bit more sense that some a hundred billion dollar vision fund that just mm. sprays in play. Also like think bigger. It It's an interesting question because famously he was investing primarily in consumer facing us, which is what, which is the argument we were making that we shouldn't be investing in the region anyway. Right. He was usually telling Travis Kalanick to think bigger and, 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 and grow Uber 10 times more than he thought he should build it. He wasn't thinking. Go well, to there space, was no, no, there was some, right? well, if you, if no, if you look at it, so, so for, I, I disagree there. Right? And by the way, j- just as a quick one, Japan, I wasn't necessarily talking about like looking at Japan as a model for now, talking about in terms of obviously post-World War II Japan to, Japan, not of today, but you know, the, exactly. I, I think you got that. No, but so he invested in, or SoftBank invested in Arm, for example, um, which actually, you know, Facebook is, is, is Apple's changing its chips to. What was the point of that? Well, obviously Arm, you know, versus Intel, Arm has got some pretty solid chipsets and he believed that the rest of the world or most of the world is gonna be using Arm chips. And now we have, how many years later, um, uh, to my knowledge, Apple aims to be using ARM chips, right? And that's a you know com- company, British-made company, uh, uh, etc. He also in- in- invested in, oh, it's called I. What is the in- improbable? Improbable was actually um, founded by by a couple, by a few young guys. I think two Cambridge or Oxford guys and one Imperial guy, I suppose. Um, they are building literally the backbone of 3D worlds. So they basically said, we're building this, you know, this, what do you call it? It's going to be this infrastructure that's going to enable you to have persistent 3D worlds. There's going to be applications, obviously, in gaming, but the military, et cetera. So obviously in Uber, he said, hey, let's go and essentially take over the whole world, right? But there are actually really kind of, if you look into it, there's some really kind of deep infrastructure tech type things that people have as well, FYF. Fair. So I was unfairly characterizing him, but but his pro- his motive was profit, right? Is that fair? Yes, because, yes, yes, because yes. Because Arm is a semiconductor company. There's money in semiconductors if you can get them right. Fine. Right. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, 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 well, okay. I, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's about the, it's about the architecture and the fact that if the gamble is 
that people will move away from Intel, which they are moving away from Intel now because mm-hmm. they're having delays on chips and move to ARM. And okay. with Apple now moving to, you know, so yeah. And, and you know, not everyone can yeah. build huge, like chipsets that are extremely small with billions of, um, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, um, oh gosh, things, um, semiconductors, um, transistors on it, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's definitely, okay. but anyway, sorry, yeah. go on. So I, I guess like he's still he's still he's still tying directly a link to money and profit and performance of his fund, right? He's not doing yeah. this from some some altruistic or even like which he know, has to, like, right? Yeah. So then, therefore, why are we expecting Africa-focused investments investors to think in any other different way when we're comparing them to him, right? So it just so happened that he's he can draw because of the markets he operates and he can draw a direct line from his visionary ideas to money mm-hmm. that's quite short whereas in our region i i don't know i think no or maybe i've i haven't made my point very clear look i think so obviously uber is a short term and by short term we mean probably oh. it was it was meant to be a seven year maybe you know for exit when you call it to exit or maybe 10 year but i mean when you look at some of these other some of these other things, and again i'm not trying to make an excuses or i'm not trying to um uh, make an argument or, or, or be an apologist for SoftBank. But my point there is I get the feeling he was, his mindset was, as well as with the cons- some of the consumer things that he thought could actually be just be rapidly adopted. His mindset was if um, there are certain, you know, let uh, think bigger in two ways, either global domination with, cons- uh, you know, by getting all the consumers in the world or think bigger by building the, silicon infrastructure the art the, the the architecture behind right the companies that people are going to build on top of right mm-hmm. and those ones like for sure the investment horizon is not going is i mean it's a, the only reason why nowadays we can say it may be shorter is because google could just go and say oh, okay that's really nice i'll buy it for 30 billion dollars or, or or something crazy right right but exactly. but 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 he was i guess my you know, my thing is not forget about the for profit. You always we always have to be for profit. My thing is there are other ways of making money, not just okay. Um, have you got a proven track record? Is there a proven what do you call it? All right, here's two fifty, you know, or maybe a million, and see where it goes. Right? There is also hey, you know what? Like everyone's surely you know you know for, for example, there's there's a I can't remember the name of the company, but I think it's like oh, I'm gonna mischaracter, but something like Africa Online or something. It's it was in Kenya. And they were aiming to build the APIs, right? Now, I don't know what they were building on top of, but essentially the APIs to payments of banks and all these others, you know, on the continent that can enable everybody, that, uh, um, for, you know, that could enable everybody um, who's now building stuff to plug into their APIs. And so now you can have, oh, I want to build a payment app. I just use, is it, I think it was, I think it was Africa Online or OK. No, it was OK Africa or something like that. We use their use their thing, or we think of people like Stripe, and I can't remember if SoftBank did invest into Stripe, but Stripe was revolutionary in terms of, hey, let's make a let's make a, a you know a simple interface for payments, right? And you know how many people use Stripe now? So it's it's that you know not he's not necessarily gone down to pure hardware thing, but it's going that level below to to build the infrastructure and you know going, hey, you know what, this may not work, or it may work in 10, 15 x years, but that's why I use Dan Gote. I've kind of, I'm not trying to make, you know, chicken change anymore. Nah, let's put a small amount or, or reasonable amount of cash to 
a Hail Mary, right? Relatively speaking. Yeah, uh, our, 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 that's a great example because our high net worth individuals and, you know, our rich people, basically. Yeah. Who are usually the ones who place these Hail Mary bets because it's their own yeah. money. It's not, they're not going to an LP or an insurance company or a pension mm. company that's now looking after tax, you know, old people's money. Yeah. It's usually the high net, the rich, wealthy people that can afford to take these bets, but they typically, we don't have a, we, we've, they're, they're new on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Not a lot, it's not generational wealth typically we're speaking about here in our region. So therefore, they're going to they've place got their them. own wealth. They've yeah, got huge yeah. amounts of their own wealth. Though, yeah, right? but, yeah, but there's the mentality. So they're going to place their bets. Fine. They're going to place their bets on stuff they know, right? Usually. Fine. And yeah. I, and of course, you're right. Yes, we, we definitely need it. Now, now, you're not saying what we really need is for everybody to start building like really basic infrastructure and then shift it all towards like super deep tech, like yeah. thinking stuff. Of course, that's yeah. what you're saying. So the consumers have nothing to yeah. use, right? That, it's just pure yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. That's they it. should all yeah. go into this African space program and that's it. Every, yeah. every government should contribute 90% exactly. of its GDP towards it. Of course, that's not what you're saying. You're yeah. saying, look, the balance is off and I agree with you. I can't argue with that. I'm just, it's it's a much less interesting podcast if I agree with you from the outset. Yeah, of course. But, but now that we're coming to the end of it, for sure. We need, look, we, we, we're focusing a little too much here on, on consumer-facing apps. We are doing some backbone infrastructure work now. African people are trying to build and own data centers. They're trying to build and own undersea cables, at least part of them. They're trying to at least manufacture the components they're going to. But what about the network infrastructure? Um, there's a few examples probably around that, but not enough mm. for sure. Like by any stretch of imagination, it's not enough. And I don't yeah. think we fully appreciate, generally speaking, in the region, certain other policymakers, the implications of that in five yeah. to 10 years, we don't. And it's dangerous. Um, mm. it's, it really is because you talk about sovereignty and ask any policymaker, maybe we should start talking about technological sovereignty. Let's change the language. Yeah. Yeah, from yeah. to something that our guys will understand because it's recent memory, right? And mm. say, remember the sovereignty you guys were fighting for? You're giving yeah. it up on this particular side, so you need to do something yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, perfect. You know, case in point. I, I don't know if I brought up before. You know, Standard Standard Bank, South Africa. You know, there was a press release, an article. Oh, they're moving over to AWS, and you don't know whether to go. You know, maybe as I'm not a user of Standard Bank, but you don't know whether to rejoice for the users of Standard Bank that they may have faster services or to lament the fact that you've potentially, you know, given pennies on the pound from, you know, the, one of the largest banks, I think the largest bank in Africa, from one of the largest economies, um, from some of the wealthiest consumers, you're giving pennies on the pound to the US or at least AWS via, you know, um, the US via AWS. And yeah. the longer they use it, I mean, it's going to take years to 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 kind of migrate their data over to it. But it's that special infrastructure that the longer you use it, the more you need it um, and the harder it is to get off. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. I think we're in agreement. You know, is it, this is definitely not a hey. You know, in 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 fifty years, we'll live to regret this. I, I think it's, as you say, I think the time horizon is a bit short. It's going to be soon. We're, yeah. It's going to be too late, man. It'll be too late if we don't do something about it now. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's going to be it's going to be really bad when we we look back and we realize, sure, we built this whole thing 
on something we have no control over mm. and we have huge platform risk with no technological sovereignty you know um it's like having your electrical grid literally mm. owned and remote controlled by yeah. yeah yeah 